Welcome, everybody, to episode 132 of the Darkspin Podcast. It's me, Nate, who has been away for an indeterminate amount of time. Not long enough. Well, apparently not. (laughs) And And I'm not Clint. And he's not Clint. And we don't have Clint (laughs) today because... Because all three of us apparently cannot be in the same room at the same time, the same virtual room at the same time anymore. It's going to cause some kind of... (laughs) interdimensional chaos or something that's going to rip open the multiverse. So I couldn't say I was a giggly Clint. <laughs> <laughs> well, hi, I'm Bert, by the way. <laughs> and we are joined by our good friend. I'll let him introduce himself. He already yeah, did. Uh, did he? <laughs> yep, he did. You're being a Clint right now. I can't use a giggly Clint. <laughs> yeah. The guy with all the letters and, and numbers that Nate can ever pronounce. Yes. With Even all though the it's questions. just like four four numbers. <laughs> four numbers. Yes. Anyways. I'm Islander. <laughs> Is Lander. Is Lander, Is Lander yeah, 671. <laughs> How's it going, guys? It's going good, good Ferd. How you been? Yeah. Doing good, doing good. You know, chugging along, looking at these sneakers, looking at my wallet. <laughs> right? Looking at the wallet, being now. sad, like and being wallet. like, yeah. Being like, do I really want these? And it's like, well, yeah, I do. But Somebody's going to be sad, either you or your wallet, one way or the other. Yeah. That's absolutely true. <laughs> so, this week, we. Obviously, as Joey mentioned, we don't have our third, regular third. So we replaced them with someone better. And, You're welcome, uh, everybody. <laughs> I'm honored, guys. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about a topic today that is very near and dear to at least the three of us. And if Clint was here, he'd just make it awkward talking about He was just about Toms and Skechers yeah. and flip-flops yeah, just and whatnot. Like, oh, I got hard. this great pair of flip-flops from Old Neighbor oh, for man, 99 these, cents. Yeah. I don't know why he had a country accent all of a sudden when I did my impersonation of him. <laughs> these, these Whoa, guys! Look at my flip flops. There, that was better. That's more appropriate. Look at appropriate. these Payless. My, you know, he's got like a like a stamp card at Payless or something, and he's you know. But I mean, whatever. You can shop. Payless is some good stuff if you if you're looking for basic shoes. Um, Dude, but... speaking of shoes and Payless, you know, I, I recently got my first pair of Reebok pumps, um, mm. not too many months ago. And um, that, that, that was uh, an odd grail for me to acquire, but it, it, it was one nonetheless because I am one of the ones that had the Payless uh, knockoff pumps growing up. And, you know, God mm-hmm. bless my mom and my dad. They worked hard and did what they could to provide what they could. But, you know, right. some things were just out of the realm of financial possibility for me as a kid wanting things, just like Jordan's. Um, sure. But you know, I just remember they had the... Um, they had the pump mechanism not on the tongue. I guess that was like maybe too expensive to mass manufacture for the price that they did them at or something, or they were just trying to be different. But it was on the, the, uh, like the ankle cuff uh, mm-hmm. part, and it was on the outside. And the release valve was like this little switch. It, it, to to me, the engineering of the Payless version was actually was actually pretty pretty neat. Like as far as pumping it up with the little 
rubber basketball and then like hitting that switch and releasing it and all the air would go out. But putting it on the outside was not a smart move because every pair I had, because my mom brought them back like two or three times, every time I brushed up against something, that switch would get just ripped off whenever I would pass too close to something. So that, <laughs> so that, that is... Yeah, that is my every time. Yeah, that is my lasting memory of the of of those fake Reebok pumps was the fact that the switch kept breaking on them, and then eventually oh, my mom was like, "Yeah, we're not going back and getting another one. You're just <laughs> just here's here's some Sakani's here. You know, wear these or or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, same thing for me. Like I I didn't get into shoes. I always liked shoes. Always liked sneakers. Always liked runners, and always like wanted to get cool shoes but yeah growing up it was just it was just out of the um the price range for for my family a lot of the times even though you know my parents i never had i never didn't have anything that i didn't need right you know like we always had clothes on my back always had food on the table always had shoes on my feet i just never had the cool shoes you know those you know and and it was okay because it was like i it wasn't a necessity so when i did get a nice pair of shoes like you know you took care of them and you wore the hell out of them and you wore them until like they literally fell apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then thankfully I, you know, I, I speak for myself, but I know these, these other guys here too. It's like we're in positions where now we can spend a little bit more on shoes and, and have a little bit more um, for collections and stuff like that. And I think like it, this wouldn't be possible if my parents didn't work as hard as they did to give me what I needed when I was growing up. So, you know, it ties in today. Shout out to Clint's parents because they're in town. That's why Clint's not here. Shout out to Clint's mom. It's been a while. Ferd reminded us <laughs> yeah. of that before that we've been slacking. I mom. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. I wanted to actually add in with that because I mean, I'm kind of like you guys. I, I mm-hmm. as much as I love shoes growing up, um, I when I was younger, I really didn't have the opportunity to have multiple pairs of shoes and. I went to a school where everyone was like, hey, look, he's wearing the new Jordans, or look, he's wearing the new Air, Air uh, Nike Airs, or Nike Zooms, or whatever was out at the time, or even the Converse weapons. And I'm like, I got these um, white pair. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I got these <laughs> white tennis shoes, you know, they like, you know, like, oh, I got these Reeboks, and everyone's wearing Nikes, and then, you know, you just like, you can't help but like, you can't help but be jealous, right? Because like, even though... Like, even exactly. though you don't know much about it as a kid, like I think it's super different nowadays. Like, I feel like social media has like kind of ruined a lot of children's childhoods because of what is considered cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely think it's worse for them now than it yeah, was for it's, us. And it's tough being a kid these days. And like, I'm, I'm not envious of of kids these days having to grow up and navigate that and like i know you guys both have kids for your yours are a little bit younger enjoy you know your kids are uh are ones in college now ones just like a couple of years out of college so hopefully it's a little bit better for them but like for like for i think your kids are a little bit younger than that too, yeah. right? they don't they're not quite in that yet so hopefully that clears itself up you know but yeah like i spend a lot of time on social media and like i just see and it's easy for us, I think, as adults to just like kind of pass it off, be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's just people being stupid on Twitter or people being stupid on TikTok. But high school kids are like, that's their life. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's like, if, if you're not with the trends, like, you're, you're not cool. And it's just like, I hate it. And I'm glad I agree that, with you there. 
you know, I'm glad that we got past that because, um, you know, like I'm, I'm at that point where it's like, I don't, I, I think back and it's like, man, I'm, I'm super fortunate that I made it through high school <laughs> and like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I guess my point is it's like, it's, it's tough, man, because like even nowadays, like I, I still feel that sometimes where it's like, I want to get these shoes cause they're super cool and they're super hype, but like. I can't afford that. And how can a kid afford that? And how mm-hmm. can like, you know, like how hard must it be for, for parents that are like, well, I want my kids to have the best um, high school experience or have the best, uh, you know, the, to fit in. And it's like, well, we can't afford like $500 pairs of shoes because it's just not possible. So. Not only that, but you can't get them. Um, yes. That's, that's the other problem is yeah. that like, no matter how, like, uh, they've they've got a few kids at at my school eighth grade that you know that have a few pairs that I've seen here or there, but it's it's not mm-hmm. anything. It's stuff that that's like a, a non popular colorway of like let's say Jordans mm-hmm. or something like that that right. may sit, and we use that term you know very loosely nowadays because something sitting nowadays may sit for like a week tops and that's going to have to be like a pair of mids or something like that you're barely going to get anything else that's going to sit uh on the shelves pretty much it's going to usually be sold before it even hits the shelf right it's going to be sold through their apps raffle uh draw or whatever process they use so yeah i mean like even if you're nowadays even if your parents can afford you know uh, a nice pair of shoes um for you like yeah sure i'll get you that you know new pair of Jordans that just released. It's like, oh, well, I tried. and Or or here's the thing, too, is navigating that. You know, back in our day, you know, it was just a matter of, you know, convincing your parents to spend that much money on you and take you down to the mall to get a pair. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's like, like as, a, like, as a parent, I know how, and I know the process, like, if my kids want some. But, like, my daughter's a perfect example. Like, she wanted a pair of Dunks that released not too long ago. And my son wanted a pair of Jordan Lowe's that released heading up to Christmas. Like, that's what they wanted for their Christmas presents. And neither of them I was able to get. Um, and, and both of them ended up restocking. Missed them both on the restock, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's another thing. You know, like, how how is the average parent supposed to you know, I guess treat their kid or get their kid what they want for their birthday or Christmas when it's something like a pair of shoes that's very hyped and and hard to get when it's difficult for somebody like me that kind of knows what they're doing when it comes to purchasing shoes to be able to, you know, fail twice on, you know, two different pairs. So, you know, that's that's a whole nother wrinkle that, you know, this generation has to deal with that that we didn't have to necessarily. It's like, it's also like with the way technology's changed and like back in the day, like, you could get shoes purely by camping out and being that person that was, was hanging out and camping out and getting them. And now it's like, well, COVID aside, a lot of these places don't do uh, first come first serve anymore. They do, they do straight up raffles and like sporting goods. The only one that I know that I've seen that still does something like they use some kind of wristband system or something like, I think it's first come first serve. And then once you're in line, they give you a wristband, but you're right. Everybody Mm. else is just a, a, a you know a raffle through an app or maybe you sign yeah. up through email or even worse you may find a place that has like more like I guess a boutique if you want to use that that phrase but they're either backdooring those payers or you know selling them for markup over what they're supposed to be so it's almost mm-hmm. like they're stores but they're flipping their own product which is even crazier that that's actually happening nowadays. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, I yeah. can tell you guys, I do, I do miss kind of having to be able to like, you know, wait, camp out, wait for the shoes, and then kind of just grab your pair, and you're like, yeah. Right? Think it's that... like, it's a different feeling, like, <laughs> being in line and being like, okay, I'm like, I'm getting the size that I want, or... You know, like you, you go into the store and you see something, you like you're waiting eagerly for that person to uh, at Foot Locker or wherever to go to the back and come out with that size that you've wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you see that box, it's like your eyes just light up and you're just like, yes, like, you know, they got it. <laughs> um, but I've been faked out so many times where like the guy will be like, <laughs> he'll be like, oh, sorry, this is a 12 and a half. It's like the biggest I got. And mm. I'm just like. Well, I'm a motherfucker, I asked you for a 13. <laughs> you think you think I don't know my size? Like, do you see what I'm wearing on my feet? Like, I I know like so some some places that I've been to, they'll be like, they'll be like, well, they'll see what I'm wearing and they'll see the shoes on my feet. They'll be like, okay, this guy knows what size he wants. He's not gonna be in here like you know messing around with sizes. So like typically when those when that happens, like if they don't have a box, they don't have my size. I'm just like, but yeah, I've been faked out so many times. It's just. I had the same thing happen. <laughs> Don't like, do there this was a, to me. Yeah. It was the Jordan 1 prototypes, which I'm still chasing for some reason. I don't know. It's just become like a, a thing. Like, I've got to get these now. But but anyway, so like, luckily, like, I saw a guy. We were at Old Navy at the mall one day. And I saw this guy walking around with the box. Because the box is very distinctive from the other Jordan 1 lows. Like, it's got like multi-colors to it. I'm like, oh, somebody's got him, somebody's got him in, in stock. So I was like running around to the different places in the mall after we left Old Navy. And I, I found the shoe sitting on the shelf um at jimmy jazz and i was like oh i was like do you have those in a 13 i said or i can squeeze into a 12 and a half i can't do that he's like okay let me go check and sure enough just like nate said he comes back he's like i've got a 12 and i'm like dude i told you i wear a 13 and i can maybe squeeze into a 12 and a half where where do you think i can squeeze down into a 12? he's like just try them on just see just see he's like if you do 12 and a half you might be able to do 12 so like i put them on and like i didn't even stand up in them like i'm sitting down and it's like pinching my toes i'm like no no i told you it's not going to work so that like made they maybe more sad but yeah i've i've never I guess since I've been to the point where I can afford to do this, it's all been through, you know, either trades or um, hitting on rap uh, raffles or, or the app, which, you know, that's still a good feeling, you know, when you hit on something that not everybody's hitting on. Right. But sure. I, I'm sure the actual standing in line part is something that I, I wish I could have been part of because it, it reminds me a lot of the con feeling, right? Where you, you get in line for something and you automatically know that these other people, for the most part, because you'll have some resellers that are in line, but they still at least know the sneaker market and are more likely than not also, you know, collectors themselves and, and possibly maybe reselling to fund their habit, right? Um, mm. So that's something I kind of missed out on, the the ability to meet up with these people and camping overnight for shoe releases and kind of making those connections like we've done through, you know, collecting other stuff throughout the year. So I, I wish they would bring that back to a certain extent. You know, there's talk in the news um, you know, Nike's kind of getting slammed right now with, you know, their, their sneakers app. And a lot of that started back when that VP son got busted, you know, um, running bots and, and flipping stuff and, and whatever. And so she resigned quickly after that. I think, I think we talked about that, uh, on the last, uh, podcast that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're still facing a lot of backlash over that. And, you know, they're, they're trying to make some changes again. They're trying to change how they do their, um, sneakers, uh, passes, but, the, the thing is, 
I'm trying to connect these two stories. So um, another story came out that was at first me, Nate, and MC talked about this that Nike was pulling all their stuff from Foot Locker, right? And like Foot Locker stock like took a huge hit, and then the the story was corrected to say they were just reducing the amount of inventory because Nike's wanting to go to more direct to consumer. Um, type storefronts. Like, I think I saw a number thrown around like 200 something new stores that they were supposed to be opening. Um, we have two outlets near me. I say near, one of them is about an hour and a half away, the other is about two hours away. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering, first of all, you know, are they going to use those for more of the sneakers pass drop on the app, or are they going to start using? their stores and go back to that original first come first serve get in line the night before type thing mm-hmm. uh type situation so I, i'm just wondering because i i don't know if i want to see that i guess it depends on how close the store is because if they open up one that's an hour away then you know i might fall in that radius on the sneakers pass for them to allow me to buy it but i don't know if i can make myself go an hour away to also camp out. So I'm just wondering kind of what y'all are thinking about this, this new shift from uh, possibly the, the drops and the, the Gotham screens and all that to possibly pushing it more through stores, either first come first serve or through the sneakers pass part of the sneakers app. I think so for my take on it, as I think like I foot locker to me is uh, my experience with Foot Locker in general is it's a – how do I word this? It's it's a necessity because it's one of the few uh, places that I can get shoes, but it is also one of the worst places to shop. I have the worst Foot Locker customer service experiences uh, all the time, and not because they're rude or anything. It's just everybody there is fucking useless only <laughs> they're not just, rude you're just useless they're just, they're, like, I'd, I'd rather them be rude because they'd be interacting with me i'm walking through there and i've got shopping bags in hand or like you know usually when i'm going shopping i'm wearing like a you know a recognizable outfit in the sense that like this guy likes shoes you know like if i'm wearing you know my yeezys or my jordans or whatever it's like Okay, when you see someone walking into the store that's dressed like that, this person's coming here to look for something. Why don't you at least say hello and offer them a hand? That's all I ask for when I go to a, when I go into a store. I don't need you to be waiting on me hand and foot. I just want you to acknowledge the fact that I'm going to be in there and potentially spending money. Um, completely unrelated. Like I've walked into stores where I've I've fully intended on buying something, fully have things that i was gonna go in there and get and if i don't get a hello i will walk out and not buy it like i've done that before and like and but the the, the good thing about Foot Locker is also they don't never have any uh, have my size or they usually don't have anything um that uh, they don't have the new releases and i also hate the rap so a lot of things about Foot Locker i hate but again it's the necessity of uh of having that store because that's like one of the few shoe stores in the city because Canada's fucking behind as hell. Um, <laughs> and like, I love Champs. Every time I've been in a Champs, like Champs is like equivalent of Foot Locker, but they get a lot less stuff. Um, but anytime that I've been into a Champs, I've amazing customer service. Everyone's super friendly, super helpful. Always um, asking if I need sizes, asking if, you know, what I'm looking for, stuff like that. So I love shopping at Champs. Unfortunately, they're... Um, their stock is a little bit lower and same thing with a nike store like i i do uh, i do like the shift if that's what nike's doing is to be more um 
direct to consumer, which I think is like it's it's how they save money. Because that way they don't have to deal with like extra fees probably through Foot Locker, like you know, like having to do with the logistics of like how many shoes are we going to allocate to this store, how many shoes we allocate to that store. So they need to be like, this is the Nike inventory, this is what we have, this is you know just easier to manage. But do you think if they're going to brick and mortar, which is yeah. what it seems like they're doing, do you, do you think that? it's worth it to them to spend that money on the brick and mortar store, which is, I mean, why they, you know, allocated to, to other places like Foot Locker, Champs, et cetera, before. Do you think it's worth, worth that added cost of these brick and mortar stores? They're going to pay for the store. They're going to pay all the overhead that goes with that. They've got to pay for, you know, a, a ton of new employees for 200 something stores. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they're willing to spend all that money to like, I guess, change people's opinion uh, about their brand because i think that's the whole reason i think i think their brand is starting to despite the fact that it's uh, selling out so quickly i think it's starting to hurt a little bit from the people that are not getting what they want do you do you think mm-hmm. that that's the reason why they're why they're making this investment or do you think it's the cutting out the middleman part so i will i'll make a quick comment and i'll let Ferd jump in here mm-hmm. i think yeah, I think you're right, Joey. I think the, the thing is, it doesn't matter if they go brick and mortar. It doesn't matter if they have a fucking ice cream truck selling shoes off the back. It's as long as there is product to the consumer, they can do whatever the hell they want. And right now, Nike is having a tough time getting that product to the consumer. So if, if by them going to brick and mortar and having product more to consumer, if they can guarantee that a Joe Schmo can walk into a store and get a semi-hype release in their size at launch day, I think that will go over much better than whatever else that they decide to do. So I don't I don't think that actually, you're, I, you're right. I don't think that any of that matters as long as more people can get their hands on the Nike product. Yeah, and, I, you know, it's hard because I, I know people have been saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop buying, you know, I'm going to stop going for Jordans now. I'm going to start going for, you know, New Balance. And, you know, credit to New Balance for, you know, the moves that they've been making, getting some of these collabs out and also building up hype and, you know, stuff like that. Because I know we've tried for some friends before to get some of the New Balance and, you know, maybe one out of the 10 of us might get lucky or something like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at their you know, their sales right now, a, a, a chart that shows 2017, 2018, 2019, and, and 2020. And it, it's just amazing to me how much of the market share uh, they still have. I'm going to share that with y'all real quick so that you can kind of look along, you know, with me, because I would have thought if nothing else, um, as a result of this, I guess, negativity, although it does just go through 2020. So I, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find one that's got 2021 on it. It, it, it's growing. And if you look at it compared 2019 to 2020, Nike continued to grow, mm-hmm. you know, through the, you know, basically the the majority of the pandemic, right? Because it started in March 2020. But if you look at it, Adidas dropped um, mm-hmm. from 2019 yeah. to 2020. Um, right. It looks like Puma stayed about the same and Under Armour dropped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just interesting because there is all this negativity floating around about the Nike brand and, and stuff like that. But yet it seems like they are still the the king of the hill and the one to beat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Ferd looks like he's Ferd? deep in thought right yeah, now. Yeah, Ferd's I was like, like no, those <laughs> Nike shirts still yeah. getting all that money. <laughs> well, I mean... Going back to what you're talking about, whether it's a brick and mortar or and and then moving away from the Locker, um, kind of like you all, I, I I actually don't 
get a really good experience going into Foot Locker. Um, all the times I've been in there, I would say 20 years ago, I had a better chance of picking something up. Now that I go in there, and it's rarely that I go in there. Actually, the last time I was in there was a month ago, and they had a line of Crocs. And I'm like, where's the shoes? <laughs> I mean, Crocs are great and all, but where's, where's the shoes? Um, Crocs has been making just, a revival here last year or two. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I've seen all the different colorways that they have for Crocs and all, but I, I guess it's like when you go to the store, you kind of hope that you'd find something you would like. And I've never had the success with finding shoes at Full Locker. Um, and I can tell you actually about seven, eight years ago, I remember I used to go into this full locker down the street. Well, it's not really down the street, maybe five minutes away. Um, and I got to know some of the salesmen and they were like, Hey, let me know if you want this one. I have a guy who can get you in on these shoes. <laughs> and so I kind of feel like it's becoming more of that line where if you want a desired release, they're never going to have it in the store, but you need this contact to get to that contact. Mm-hmm. The back door to you, right? <laughs> to get that pair, it's like, yeah, you, even there's a markup of 20, 40 bucks. I'm like, I that's not the point of real. I want to buy the shoes, I want to buy the shoes at retail personally, <laughs> right? I'm not there do, to like yeah. flip it, <laughs> you know. There's people obviously want to, you know, buy the shoes to flip. And I mean, I'll be honest with you, before I used to be the buy one shoe to rock, one shoe to stop, you know, and I'd always have like a pair of dead, you know, dead stop shoes that I just you know, would, would keep for an emergency, like if I wanted to. If my first one got destroyed, then I'll wear the second one. Or if it came to a point where my first one's still good, I'd just sell my second pair um, mm-hmm. so I can get another pair. But um, in terms of going back to the whole Nike thing, I don't know how I feel about the whole brick and mortar thing because of the fact of how far the closest Nikes are. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of to your point, Joey, um, you're, you said the, the closest Nike outlets are like about an hour away. Yeah, once hour me, and a half, once two hours. Yeah. Oh, see, so, so yeah. In in case of me too, it's the same thing. It's about an hour, two hours away, and the actual only brick and mortar is in the city. And yeah, that's only twenty minutes to get there, but it's also a painful twenty minutes to get there because one, there's no parking, and it's a small entrance. And in some cases, if you're lining up in the middle of the night like I used to, it's not exactly the safest area mm, to be in. Yeah. In mm. the middle of the night, so I don't see. I guess it depends on the, on the market if it makes sense for them to brick and mortar it. Um, but in the case of sneaker passes, I don't know if you guys have ever had any luck with that. I've never had. See, zero I'm not even close <laughs> enough to do it. Like I'm not even close uh-huh. enough for it to register. Oh, for that, the sneakers pass. Yeah, because the Nike outlets don't count. Right. So it's got to uh, be an actual yeah. Nike store, which I think the closest one is in either Dallas, which is four hours away, or Atlanta, which is closer to six hours away. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't have even an opportunity for that. So that's that's why I'm hoping, like I said, the Sneakers Pass will be, you know, maybe their new way of allocating some of their stock. You know, it, another interesting thing, and I don't, I don't know how like on social media you are following some of the the bigger sneaker accounts and stuff like that or checking on reddit or whatever um but in one of the more recent sneakers live um episodes which is their little broadcast that they do from the sneakers app uh with these uh hosts will and i can't think of lucian is the other guy's name anyway they announced on there that the 
Sneakers Live episode that they had done like the week before where they shock dropped the UNC sixes mm-hmm. was going to be the only release that was going to be coming through the Sneakers app. So they weren't going to have a quote unquote sneakers drop. It was that shock drop and that was it. Now, some other stores have gotten some of the stock allocated to them, but you know, I, I think that I think that's uh, and I'm trying to think of how to say this. I don't. I don't know if I like that necessarily. This, you know, hey, you got to be watching this because it's like during the middle of the day. And mm-hmm. I understand, you know, yeah. they're trying to hit as many uh, time zones as they can. But if it's a North American drop, right, because they've got different versions of the, the sneakers app through different regions. And I don't know if maybe that live plays through all of them. Um, I wouldn't think so, though, because it was in, it's in English, right? And one of the hosts is from, is from um, I think, London, somewhere in Great Britain. Definitely has the mm-hmm. accent. I know he's in Europe, so I'm just assuming. Um, but anyway, like, so maybe it goes from, like, North America to Europe or something. But still, that's that's really difficult for people that are, that are working and, and work at a job to where they can't, okay, let me go block out this hour, you know, at this exact time to this exact time to make sure if, if there's a shock drop that I can catch it. And who knows what it's going to be again, unless somebody gets wind of it, because it's been backloaded on the, the website or something like that, because that was the thing with that last one is that people knew from, you know, um, I don't know the technical term for it, but basically checking the the website and seeing that it was loaded on there, that they were able to communicate to people through discords and social media and other places. Hey, there's going to be a drop because it's more, more than likely because it's loaded. I think Nate was even talking to me at the time for it. He's like, hey, it's like 1245 or 245 your time or something like that. Something's mm-hmm. about to something's about yeah. to happen. And that's what it was. It was during the sneakers live that they were having. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the one that was dropping the UNC sixes when Nate and I were talking mm-hmm. about it. So, Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, are you are you trying to make things easier or are you trying to make things more difficult? Because mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're a botter that's that's doing this, then that could be your one of your main sources of income. To where, yeah, you're gonna drop everything and make sure all you know eighty iPhones that you have with the sneakers <laughs> app are ready to go to to do this. But the the Joe Schmo like us that just has one that may not even be able to be logged on to it at the time. You know, mm-hmm. that's. I don't know. They're trying stuff, and I, I just don't know if the approaches that they're taking are, are are working or just angering people more, to be honest with you. I think, like, yeah. Nike's trying. Like, they have the... They, they have the right idea of where they want to get to, but they're so far behind, I feel like, with the... the way the technology is ahead of them. And the way that people can bot, the way that people are coordinating, they're really fighting a battle on like two fronts there, right? Where they're trying to make enough product for the regular consumer. So, you know, they obviously drives their, um, their, their stock prices up, et cetera, et cetera. And at the same time, they need to have, they need to only make enough that there's enough value for their brand as well right it, it, it's difficult balance yeah. to figure out how much to make to to keep it hype without it just exactly sitting. but there's gotta exactly. be you know it's the same thing with with funko when it started you know kind of taking off you know those those funko shop drops used to be like le 5000 most of the mm-hmm. time and it went from selling out in 20 minutes to selling out in 20 seconds and mm-hmm. you know funko realized oh hey wait we are missing out on a ton let's let's go ahead and do this little 
you know, increase and, you know, some of their stuff sits, some of it doesn't just kind of depends on, on what it is exactly. And again, on the, the number that's produced, but you would think there's, there's a certain percentage that you can still bump up that run and still sell out and still, you know, have that hype going around it. You know, like when they drop mm-hmm. 11s, usually that's in the, in the millions. It's usually like either a million or two millions, usually the stock, you know, those sell out still. It's not like they're just sitting anymore. You know, and and that right. was going to be kind of the next thing that I was gonna that I was gonna bring up. Looking at that chart, I don't know if if y'all noticed, but that 2019 to 2020 jump for Nike could very well be attributed to the Last Dance documentary, which mm-hmm. took mm-hmm. stuff like because I remember the Christmas beforehand, the Jordan One Bloodlines were not only did they not sell out, but at one point they were on sale for mm-hmm. like. 20% off of, of their normal asking amount. Mm-hmm. And, and you would never have anything like that happen since the last dance came out. I mean, you have stuff that's very, I would say odd choices for colorways, like the prototypes I was talking about or the biohacks or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And those things still don't just sit on their site. I mean, they might not have the same resale value, but you're barely going to get that for, for cost. Um, even like something like the Fusion Reds that came out that they called the, the Ronald McDonald ones, right? That had that bright red <laughs> color to it that wasn't really the traditional Chicago gym red. And then that yellow color. That's not mm-hmm. something that's very popular. But at the same time, it still didn't, it still didn't sit. And I, I think a lot of that is still that last dance hype that they have just managed to ride for quite a quite a while now because again that was march 2020 and fast forward we are now two years into that documentary being released and the pandemic hitting basically around the same time Mm -hmm. and and it's it's still going that hype train is is still going it has not pulled back into the station yet do y'all think it will eventually (laughs) <laughs> Personally, I kind of, I kind of think that it's eventually gonna die down. Um, but unfortunately, there's just so many colorways, and kind of to your point, there's they're selling out so quickly that people are just jumping on to buy one and buy one, and just so they can I get think, one. They might yeah. not even want it, but they're like, oh, oh, I gotta get I, something. I might as well, I need to get something. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's like, yeah, I can pass this. Okay, I'll, I'll grab it. I'll grab it or whatever I can get at mm. this point. Um, and I think it'll take a couple years before it actually completely dies down or when Jordan comes up with a couple of duds in the lineup that are like a say 11, I don't know, uh, an 11 that comes out that really is not appealing to anybody, which I highly doubt by the way. <laughs> I think what I, I helps like, with, okay. I was just gonna say, I think what helps with the 11s is they only usually come out with uh, one a year. And it's usually around the holiday season. It's usually around between Thanksgiving and Christmas here in the U.S. It's usually like a Black Friday type thing or right before Christmas. And it's usually just one. So it's like it's not like the Jordan 1s where there's like 10 that come out in highs. And then you got like 30 that come out between the mids and the lows. But, you know, again, those are still, you know, uh, most of those, I'd say probably 90%, even between lows, mids, and highs, I'd say probably 90% of those sell out to the point where you're just not going to be able to just five minutes later go onto their website or go into a store and be like, yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and grab those. I've had some time to think about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the <clears throat> it's kind of it's funny because I'll see 
a lot of people will be like like i follow a lot of sneaker accounts and then like people will be like oh you know this is uh they'll be like oh this 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 particular pair is uh trending right now and it's like it'll be so and so wore them to an award show or so and so wore them to uh courtside uh, the lakers game whatever right and then it's like every so often someone will be like yeah remember when these were sitting on the shelf and then you google it and it was like yeah these didn't sell out now they're worth like four or five times and it's just like <laughs> it always somehow catches up and i feel like um especially with with the jordans and stuff it's like there's always going to be at least a window that it comes back and being like someone's gonna find a way to make a particular colorway even something that you thought wasn't super hype at the time there will be a small window even if it's just like a week or two where that price will fucking shoot up and someone will pay that exorbitant price just to be with it for that short time because somebody wore them on tiktok or somebody wore yeah them, exactly exactly like you said, and courtside and yeah it's... and and the that's I, I feel like that's a good and that's a good and bad thing because a lot of times that means nowadays it's even more difficult to get a shoe because people like Clint FOMO, they FOMO like crazy. <laughs> and even when a colorway drops, that's like, Oh, I'm not feeling it. I'm going to buy it anyways, because at worst I can flip it for the regular price. So when there's a colorway that like I want, that's just like, I think it's kind of funky. It's a little bit different. It's not something that I typically wear. Even those ones I'm, I'm struggling to get a pair of, and they may not be popular, but they will still out, still sell out instantly. And why does Nike need to change your numbers that way? They're still selling shit out like instantly. So and you know, stock's not sitting. So whatever they're doing, they're doing it right. As like proven that um, their their market share and their uh, how much they're paying or how much money they're making has just gone up in the pandemic, billions. <laughs> so do you think so you know we attribute some of that rise from 2019 to 2020's revenue to the last dance documentary that came out that year mm -hmm. and i haven't seen it yet and there's been talk that it might but i've not seen it yet do you think eventually if the kanye west documentary that's on netflix right now if you it, if it catches on kind of like the last dance documentary ever did do you see that driving up the price of yeezys just like the last dance drove up the price of the Jordans. I personally don't think so just because there's so many like Yeezys are in general, a very, uh, it's an acquired taste. I want to say for most of, most of the footwear that, that Kanye puts out is an acquired taste. Like the three fifties, I swear by them now cause they're super comfy and I would mm -hmm. wear them. But Again, it's an acquired taste. Like it's not a common, it's not a common looking shoe, as it's. Um, whereas I think with Jordan, it's like there's a lot more, there's a lot more history there. It's it's more like there's there's a fashion element, but also uh, it transcends the sport, right? Whereas Kanye's um, stuff is purely fashion. Um, yeah. So I don't like I, yeah, I just don't think I don't think that'll happen. Do you think if there was an athlete's name attached to the same shoe, the Yeezys, but it was an athlete's name attached to it instead, do you think same shoe would be more popular? Or do you think Kanye's bringing about as much popularity? I, I guess what I'm trying to do is see if there's anybody that could touch as popular as Jordan is with his shoes. Like, mm -hmm. I know like a lot of times the LeBrons that drop will sit 
Some of them sell out some pretty quickly. Yeah, a lot of them sell out. Um, I, I think the next closest person was Kobe um, mm-hmm. with his mm-hmm. that would come out. But I, I don't... Fi- I don't know if it was just the relationship between Kobe and Nike that didn't develop the same way that Jordan did. And, you know, unfortunately he, he passed away before I think he could maybe get to that point. But what is it that, I guess, is it the athletic part of it that's driving more? Or is it just the overall popularity of, you know, Jordan over Kanye? As to why it's not, or do you think it's the acquired taste part that is just, you know, the shoes? But I mean, look, if you look at some of the Jordans outside of the ones, a lot of them have a very unique shape to them and a very unique silhouette that does not necessarily appeal to everybody or shouldn't, I guess I should say, appeal to everybody, but it seems to anyway. And is it because of his name? I think it's more of the, the function of the shoe, kind of to your point with Jordan, where it, the shoes were designed for the sport. And people, you know, they recognize Jordan as being the greatest of all time. Yeah, his shoes are, are unique in that perspective, but it kind of has like a double, uh, a, a two purpose here. It can be run as fashion. It can be run as uh, performance compared to the Yeezys. Yeah, to me, they are great shoes, but I feel like the 350 line and maybe a few of the other ones will hold value. Like the 380s, I don't see many people jumping into those. The 700s. There's a few people that I, I think like them. Depends on the style you like or the colorway you like. But mm-hmm. I don't see them like, to your point, with, hey, this is Jordan 1. If they come out with a Shadow 2.0s or they come out with the um, Obsidians or, you know, those are the different colorways that, hey, it's the same exact shoe, but it's a different color. But I can rock them to first lifestyle and I can also put them on the court if I wanted to. I wouldn't recommend some elevens on the court. But <laughs> I wouldn't even recommend some, some, some ones on the court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, threes and fours feel great on the court. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, I don't think there would be an athlete that could do that, um, that would attach to make it a, to bring that Yeezy name into into where yeah. it is now. So they do have a Yeezy basketball shoe. They do. I do know that a few years back when it first released. It was, I believe it was in like NBA 2K, like the video game. And it was like pretty hyped that it, was, it made it in there. It only made it in there, I think, for one year. But there was no athlete that was like, I'm going to wear a Yeezy versus um, a pair of Adidas or a pair of Jordans or a pair of uh, uh, even Pumas. Like, you know, like, and I feel like um, if, if Kanye and if his brand was like, hey, you know what, maybe we could reach out to an athlete to do that sure maybe something could happen but that's just not part of his business model i guess and i think that's why you know like he's just selling it purely on like the fashion sense and like the uh, off the back of his name like i don't think i don't think we i don't think there's an athlete that you could be like make the face of yeezy basketball that would make it any bigger than kanye has already Mm -hmm. is is what i think yeah I just don't see anybody as of right now that I can think of that would be able to touch the Jordan brand as far no. as it's it's hype. I think I think easier easier the closest. I think if Kobe 
we, if we went and lost him and he would have right. continued on, maybe that relationship with Nike, which I think was already kind of on the rocks from what I understood. And I mm-hmm. think more of that came to light after he passed um, with his wife kind of taking over, you know, his his name and, and how it would be used going forward in marketing and stuff. Um, and, and that didn't even get close to, to me, in my opinion, as to what Jordan's done. And, and granted, he he was long uh, around uh, a while back to where you have that nostalgia factor as well. But I don't know if we'll ever see anybody, at least in our lifetimes, that kind of touches him as far as his his brand and, and the shoes that he can he can push just with his name. Because there's, there's kids around now that weren't even alive the last time he, you know, touched a basketball that are still wanting his shoes, you know. And all mm-hmm. they know is from from film and from the documentary and from other people wearing them on social media, et cetera. So it's, uh, it's definitely unique amongst um, shoe brands right now. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you guys this. Do you guys remember when Jordan ended up buying out the Jordan line or the Jordan name from Nike to control it? Was it when he was still playing or was it when he retired? I, I can't remember when it switched over to like its own separate brand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah. sure about when that happened, but right. you know, it was it was definitely the right business move for him to make. I would assume, and again, I would have to do research on this. I would assume his contract probably came up, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Look, this is this is what's going to happen if if you want me to continue." Um, because he definitely had the leverage to be able to do that. I mean, just once the contract's yeah. up, the contract's up, right? He's like, okay, well, I'll go start my own thing, or do you want to, you know, kind of keep riding this train together with me having a little bit more say on on the brand and stuff like that? I, again, that's just an assumption that I'm making, um, but it's 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 definitely some smart business decisions that he's that he's made along the way to keep that keep that brand going and and keep sure. the money flowing in for him, yeah. Yeah, I think like that's one that's one thing that I've um kind of been following and learning a lot about like athletes and business and musicians and and, and business and of course like with rappers and like um other you know African American business people it's like uh, a lot of the things that come up in those discussions is that they sign a deal with a company and they think it's a great deal and sure it is a great deal but there's no ownership. There's no there's no bottom line that's like you know they're still tied to a contract to this company whereas um the real money is in ownership and that's where that i think where jordan and a lot of these other people are starting to understand is that your name is what's selling those products you know with nike yeah sure nike sells its product but the nike jordan they sell because of jordan's name right like you you could put anybody's name on a nike shoe that's not going to sell like a Jordan because you don't have that brand recognition. So what, what Jordan did when branching off and creating Jordan brand under Nike, but still his control is huge. Like that was just a, a, absolutely genius. And it was absolutely the smart move. And it was the right move. You know, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned that because um, supposedly, and I, I don't think it's a rumor. I think it's actually going to happen. Um, so Kobe, for those that don't know that are listening, was with Nike uh, until he passed. But for a while, he was with Adidas um, mm-hmm. and has some a very, I would say, iconic um, sil- silhouettes. They're, they're not my taste, the shoes that he had while he was with them. But there is talk that Adidas is going to be re-releasing or retroing that shoe, mm-hmm. but just not include his name on it. 
That's terrible. Uh, so so oh. that's 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 very interesting too. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean they can't. I mean they 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 don't have the right to use his name anymore. But you know, you're talking about them. Um, having ownership, quote unquote, of, of their you know their brand because I mean it's not like it's his likeness, right? Like his face is not on it, his name is not on it. You know, it's it's wholly different. It was just a, a shoe that had a certain look to it. It's a certain style, and his name was attached to it. But as far as I understand, and from a legal standpoint, it's not like he himself designed the shoe to where he has ownership of that IP. So. Adidas is free and clear now. All they will have to obviously deal with the you know the possible you know fallout from like you know which all's reaction was when y'all heard about it type thing. But you know like you're saying it's 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 important to get that ownership of as much to do with that as humanly possible. Like one of the greatest business decisions in the history of the world is where George Lucas retained the rights to the Star Wars merchandise when he first created the you know the the, the movies. And, mm-hmm. and it's it's along those same lines. It's like you know, but when you're early on, like how how do you make that prediction? You know, it's like people are throwing money at you, and they're like, oh hey, we'll do this, and you'll make X amount of money. And you're like, oh that's great. You know, that's it's a lot of more money than I'll probably see in a lifetime. And then you realize afterwards that you're the one getting the short end of the stick, and you're not really the one making the the bulk of the profits off of it. Mm-hmm. And it's your name that's attached to it. So it's it's definitely a unique situation to say the least. Um, which kind of brings me to our our next topic that I was gonna that I was gonna bring up since we're talking about names being attached to stuff and how that drives is Travis Scott. Um, (laughs) Probably one of the biggest names here in shoes, not named Jordan uh, in Mm -hmm. the last couple of years. Although that's who he's associated with is the Nike brand and the Jordan brand where he brings his, his name to the the shoe, right? I mean, he may have some input on the design of it, but for the most part, it's just his name getting associated with it that these shoes, you know, will go for $150, $200 and then, ex- it, you know, immediately, like, the resale on them is like, you know, five to ten times, you know, as much. So how do you all think the recent situation at his concert where, you know, we had a few people, unfortunately, that lost their lives as a result of the, the crowd rush and crush situation you know do you you think that's something that's going to hurt when nike finally decides to to end up releasing these ones that have been kind of sitting in, the, in in the wings so to speak since those events happened because they had some air maxes that in a couple colorways that were supposed to come out actually they did release a few pairs at the concert um and then there's another at least one other pair of uh travis scott jordan one lows um, it's like a mocha and white color that are supposed to be coming out. Do you think that's going to hurt at all, given the situation? Or do you think it's so big, it's it's beyond what happened? And, it, and let's be clear, it wasn't just the tragedy. It was his reaction to it while it was taking place um, and his insistence to continue on with the concert and then his reaction after the fact where it was more of, at least in my impression, more of, he feels bad because of the fact that he was being negatively impacted by the events and not necessarily feeling bad because people actually died at his concert. I'm just wondering mm-hmm. what y'all's take is on the whole Travis Scott controversy and Nike's association with him. I think, um, unfortunately, I think it's kind of forgotten about at this point, honestly. Um, obviously the legal proceedings and all that stuff aside, like, you know, I have no insight into that. I'm sure that's still carrying on. And I, again, you're right. I, it's awful that, you know, people lost their lives at the concert and it should have absolutely never happened. 
I hope he gets sued to hell and I hope, you know, he those families get some sort of settlement or some sort of uh, payback for, for what has happened. Unfortunately, you'll never be able to, to, to pay back the, uh, the loss of life because there were children that, that passed away. But in terms of a business decision for Nike, I can see why that they pulled those shoes for now. Um, for I now is the key. For now. Yeah. I, they're not going to let them sit. Like Nike no. is uh, – it's a business, and those shoes are made. Those shoes uh, are filling a gap. You know, like they, they, they were made as part of their, their, their yearly releases. And uh, the bottom line is that it's money, and it's money that, it's, that, that Nike needs to recoup, and they're going to get it. Like Nike's going to get their money at the end of the day with that Travis Scott deal um, one way or the other. And I feel like – I don't know. Obviously, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the legal side of it. But I feel like, regardless of the legal outcome of the Astro World stuff, Nike will release the shoe at some point, and it's just going to be like, whether or not they continue to do business with Travis Scott, that's the, you know, that's an interesting point. I feel like they will. Um, you know, it's 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 a tough, it's a tough argument either way. Do I feel like Nike should? I don't know. I honestly, I can't answer that because I honestly don't know how I feel about that. But for me, it's like, am I going to buy those shoes if I can get them at retail or like, you know, if it's within a reasonable price on StockX, I would, you know, I'm, I'm not against the shoe. Yeah. I, <laughs> that I think makes that, sense. You yeah. Know? I think that ties into, you know, our buddies over at the secondary heroes did a, did an episode a couple of weeks back, maybe a couple right. of months back now, separating the art from the artist, yep. you know, and that very much applies to this, to this situation. You know, do you, say i'm going to boycott you know the next travis scott release that comes out because of what took place at his concert or are you able to separate again the art from the artist and say like nate said you know the shoe wasn't involved necessarily in what took place it's just the artist that happens to have his name attached to it but that's literally all there is to it like i guess like I'm guessing he probably has a little input on the design of it, but probably not much. He's not the one that manufactured it and all that stuff. And then even if you do say that, oh, well, you know, I can't possibly support Nike's release of his shoe because of what happened with him. Then you then you can very easily turn around and say, well, what about Nike's factory condition, you know, conditions in China mm-hmm. for the, you know, the workers and the laborers that are actually making the shoes? You know, at what at what point do you finally say, no, I can't associate myself with this product anymore? It's, it's, it's a very interesting situation where a lot of people, I think, you know, ourselves included. I mean, we we're all still buying Nike shoes and we're all fully aware of, you know, the the production issues and the conditions of the, you know, the factory workers and all that stuff. So it's 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 very interesting to see when where's the line finally that you say, oh, that's that's where I'm not crossing and I'm no longer supporting this product. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ferd? Where are you at? I, I mean, I, I, I'm in agreement with you guys. I do feel that they they've already mass produced these Air Maxes that they've, they've been talking about. And they're just holding it. They're just postponing it. Um, I do think they they're going to eventually have to release it to the lines of what Nate was saying is they already spent this money. They're going to try to recoup mm-hmm. it as much as they can. Yeah. As to when, obviously, it, 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 there's no time time frame because of the fact of what had happened 
Air Max Day is coming up March 26th, and that's kind of what the rumors are going around right now, is that it may be one of their big releases, because it is the 35th anniversary. But then again, you know, same thing. Do you want to take a day that's pretty popular for you every year with your... I would I would think one of your most popular lines outside of the Jordan line is probably the different Air Maxes that release. Do you want to quote unquote sully that that day that comes up every year by by releasing the the Travis Scott shoe with it? I don't know. Personally, I actually don't think it would make a good uh, good make good sense for them to do so. Um, from I mean, a marketing standpoint, the, yeah. From one so, do you think it would stop um, it from selling out? Honestly, though. No, I don't. Yeah, Honestly, uh, it would still sell I, out. I, it, would, it would still sell out. And I, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily for the person who's buying it to wear. I think because of the value that it holds in the resale market or the market value mm-hmm. of it, where people will, I think, will end up buying it just to buy it and say, hey, look, I bought this for 160 It's now $1,000 because that's what the cost of all the other Travis Scott's yep. uh, shoes are. That's what they're going to hold it at, um, which, you know, obviously is, <laughs> it, it's sad because we're obviously just looking at the value of the shoe and, you know, but that's kind of how it is with the, with the shoe game, right? People buy them to flip them. People buy them to hold them. Uh, I know friends who buy them just to invest in them and wait and wait and wait until they can sell it for the top dollar. Um, but, I mean, for like us, I mean, I feel like most of us here, we, we buy the shoes to wear. I mean, if it does come out, yeah, my luck, I'm going to try my luck and try to get them because I, I do I do like some of the looks that he had. But it's not, to your point, it's also it's not necessary for Travis Scott, but I think it's too soon for them to release a shoe that was designed for him on a day where everyone, I mean, I, I just don't think it would be the right move for Nike right. to do so. It's mm-hmm. definitely out of the new cycle right now because of how mm-hmm. fast and how quickly our new cycle turns over. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> to your point, I, th- I think if you would all of a sudden say, oh, these are releasing on March 26th, that's going to come right back up to the forefront, right? It's going to get brought back up. And and like what y'all are talking about, Nate mentioned, does, you know, does Nike want to bring that back up? Does Travis Scott want to bring that back up just yet? You know, especially if, you know, the, I, I'm sure there's lawsuits on top of lawsuits, you know, going on right now still. I haven't heard about everything being settled already um, out of court. And it would certainly have not been long enough for our, judicial system to have actually gotten it through through the courts with a verdict already so you know it'd be interesting if if they're almost holding off not because they're waiting for enough time to pass to where it will sell out because it could release today like it could shock drop right now while we're recording this episode and it would immediately sell out it'll be solid instantly is it that they're (laughs) waiting to where it doesn't have as big of a negative impact on their brand and more so on him and his relationship with them because it's it, it's another cash cow from them you know they they found yeah. another person that they can collab with and he's got name recognition and everything he puts his name on sells out instantly so sure. funny you should mention those air max ones the 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 travis scott ones that are <laughs> sitting in a warehouse somewhere mm-hmm. wherever that hasn't been fully released yet so there's a YouTuber that I watch, um, channels uh, Harrison Neville, and he's uh, he does a lot of like mystery boxes, does a lot of shoes, does a lot of like little uh, kind of gimmicky videos where they do like trade ins uh, with local stores, and he's based out of Atlanta. And uh, one mm-hmm. of the recent videos that he did, uh, him and his buddy, as cameraman, they they each had a thousand dollar shoe that they've purchased, and then the premise of the video is that they want and they want to. Uh, a store each a different store and they tried to trade that thousand dollar shoe for what's the best of trade value that they could get for that shoe 
So this camera guy goes into the store and sure enough, the store had a pair of the Air Max One unreleased Cactus Jacks and he was able to trade for those. And it's just like, it's one of those things that's like, yeah, they're not for sale, but there's pairs in the wild and they are real. Well, because they were, <laughs> there were some at the concerts. Like there were several people yeah. that went to right. the concerts just to get the shoes. So yeah. I'm assuming that's where they, I guess they could have been backdoored as well to right. the shop. But right, yeah, right. They're, they're out there, which, yeah. which is making them the even wild. higher yeah. uh, in price right now. Yeah. So another interesting thing about that whole Travis Scott situation too is I was looking at resale value and I was looking at a pair on StockX. It's the, the site that I usually go to when I'm, when I'm looking for a pair of shoes that I missed out on retail, uh, which is just about every shoe that I want is missed out on retail. So I have to kind of prioritize which ones I want to buy off StockX. Um, but I was looking at the Travis six, uh, Travis Jordan six, the, the khaki the British khaki. And I've been monitoring it for a while, ever since the incident, thinking that, you know, people would try to capitalize it, uh, capitalize on the situation, try to, like, jack the price up because, you know, like, as people tend to profit off of uh, off of tragedy and, and, and news stories and stuff like that. What I found very interesting is that the typical ask price and the typical sale price didn't change by too much, honestly. Really? So, yeah, I was a little bit shocked by that because there must be just a lot of pairs sitting like people that bought them purely for resale that um, now they're kind of stuck hole in the bag, so to speak, like where they're not getting that bump that they were expecting. Well, it was the same thing with off white. And when Virgil passed away, you know, mm-hmm. I was expecting their, I was expecting prices to like double or at least right, like increase 50s, by, yeah. or at yeah. least increase by about 50%. Yeah. Um, but really, you know, I've got one pair of off whites, uh, the deer summer, um, mm-hmm. I, I think for don't you have a pair of those as well? Yeah, the off white fifties, lot seven. Yeah, I've got lot eleven, and so I kind I wasn't planning on selling them because I'll probably never get lucky enough again to get a pair off white. So I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to sell these, so I'm just going to um, just hold on to them. But it, I did, I did out of curiosity go and look and see what the prices were changing to, and I'd say it maybe went up ten to twenty percent, kind of around you know its peak, um, like right right around when he passed away. Which I mean, look, that's the way things are. I mean, you know, somebody yeah. dies that has a Funko Pop, and those prices are gonna are gonna go up um but it kind of settled a little bit back down again they're a little bit higher but no more than i would expect just over time for it to naturally climb up to a little bit if 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 that makes any sense so it's it's definitely interesting the the way the market works and and a lot i think like y'all said is is the resale market and people jumping on and thinking oh i'm gonna be able to get you know more for this and it's it, it drives it up a little bit some of your basic economics right and then all of a sudden it just it settles back down and I don't know what's going to happen with the the Air Max ones because right now I just looked it up on StockX. I looked up at me and Nate size size thirteen. Sorry, Ferd, you can put both your feet into our shoe. Um, the the pair that's almost all kind of like that um, that yellowish color, like almost like a mustard yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going for like nineteen hundred um, in our size because of how few hit. But the pair that's got that more. <laughs> That more brown look to it, along with the other earth tone colors, that that one's going for twenty five hundred um, in our size. So you know, it'd be curious to see. Obviously, the supply out there is really, really low, and because it is low, it's driving up the demand for people that are like, ah, oh, I just got to have a pair or whatever, and I'm not waiting. Because I mean, they have records of sales on it, so people have paid it. It's just going to be interesting to see what it goes down to once they actually 
you know, actually start hitting the market, so to speak. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things that's like, it's, if you're crazy enough to spend that much money on them now, Hey, by all means go for it. But, and and um, look, it's a twenty five hundred ask. The last sale was yeah. fifteen hundred, so it's not like people are are paying quite that much. It's just what people are asking. It never even got that. up. Like the highest sale is like sixteen fifty. But I mean, that's that's still an ungodly amount of money for for a pair, a pair of, of shoes. shoes. Yeah. 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 Although I did watch my friend spend fourteen hundred dollars in a pair of shoes the other day. <sighs> okay, I gotta ask, what did he buy? <laughs> that friend's name was Nate. She bought a pair of uh, uh, Prada loafers for four. It was yeah, fourteen hundred dollars. So that's probably like uh, uh, like actual sale price, not resale, huh? No, that's retail. Like we we walked. Yes, yeah, I'm talking about it's retail price, yeah, right? It's retail. Yeah, that's even <laughs> crazier to me. Walked to the store and put them on and was like, "Yep, I'm taking these." And walked you know, and I'll, I'm glad you mentioned that because that brings up uh, another good point that I wanted to kind of talk about. And we may have to wrap after this, but you talk about like that shoe, the the Prada shoe, right? And mm-hmm. the fourteen hundred. And I don't know a lot about that brand, and some of it may just be the name that's driving up the price. But some of these more expensive shoes are expensive because of the quality materials they use Absolutely. and the quality control methods that they go through and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But then, you know, a big complaint about Nike lately has been, you know, the prices have been going up, but the quality's been getting worse. Like, I've, I've had a couple of pairs that have come in that still have, you know, like the dried up glue stain, you know, on them or the stitching is a little off here or there, you know. So um, that's kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about. You know, what do you, when you pay that much money for a pair of shoes, and the quality is not there. Like, what is what does that tell you about the brand and what they actually care about the consumer? Like, what are your thoughts on the obvious, well documented down drop of quality control in in Jordans here recently? Considering how much money you're paying. I mean, I, I can interject with that because I believe when uh, when I stopped really buying one to stock and one to drop, uh, one one to wear and one to, to the stock i was like 2012 when i started noticing their quality control was getting out of hand mm-hmm. um and i'm talking about like not just the glue but also the stitching wasn't stitched correctly like mm-hmm. they were fraying already at the ends um the loopholes were just not <laughs> not right in the terms of uh, proper sizing or the way they sealed it um all the way down to the actual the, the heel cup not looking like it's clean um back actually back then i was I was really disappointed in spending 175 or 150 per uh, Jordan Five, uh, you know, and I was just like, "Why am I buying all this? You know, buy, spending all this money on a pair of shoes, even at 150, for something that I, I feel like I can't wear for a longer period of time uh, to enjoy?" Um, but I, I, honestly, I, I feel like they got a little bit better. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't say for any of the new. Um, to do like seven or eight that you know that that, that have come out or even the, the fourth that, that came out i think last year the uh, fire reds they seem pretty good in quality so I, i'm hoping that they've changed a little bit i had two pairs i got lucky uh-huh. and hit on both accounts that i have and ended up returning both pairs oh, because really? of because of quality issues mm-hmm. on them which one is it the fire red the fire Yep, same the same ones you just mentioned. That's what made me think of it because that was actually the the ones that I got in hand. And when I looked at them, I'm like, 
I, I just can't do this. Like I, I can't bring myself to, to have paid that much for a pair of shoes and there to be this many issues. And again, it was with, it was with both pairs, you know, I've, they've had some releases that have come out like that, that they've had a lot of issues to where mm-hmm. they had to immediately put them as B grades, which for those that don't know, that's like, there's, there's a manufacturer defect in them. So they usually send them to their outlets and they sell them for less. Like the Carmine sixes that came out last year, the red in it had bled on a lot of the pairs into the white part of the shoe. And so a lot of them got slapped with B grade stamps and got sent off to, to the outlets, but a lot of them still got through. So it's like Nike's got this line that they're like, uh, that's good enough. Like they know because obviously they're checking them to put that B grade stamp on them. So they know that there's something wrong with it, but they still let that slide and they, and they pass it on to the consumer. Yet here we are still buying them. Um, (laughs) Nate, have you had an issue with quality control on any of the pairs you've got recently? Um, honestly, I can't, I haven't been able to spot anything. Um, stitching yeah. and glue is usually the two biggest or like p- stray paint marks. Yeah, I haven't noticed anything honestly recently from the shoes. Now you're gonna go back purchased. and look over them. Yeah, now you're like, like, oh my gosh, look at all this stuff. Yeah, now we have to dig through, <laughs> dig through all the boxes and be like, oh no, this one stitch is off. And it's yeah, frustrating no, because it's not yeah. like a regular pair of shoes where you get it at home and you're like, oh, there's a mistake. Let me go back and exchange them and, and get it right. It's like, nope. It, you know, it's like with the fire reds. It's like, uh, okay, they're gone, and mm. you're, you know, <laughs> you're out of luck. You know, it's not like they can exchange them. Which is another downside, right? Yeah, I, I haven't really noticed. No, I'm gonna have to be more careful because, especially if you're saying like you know it, it's happened, uh, it's happened to you multiple times on the same pair. Um, mm-hmm. I have a few other change. pairs, yeah, that had some stuff, but it's just stuff I've chosen to ignore because I really like the shoe. <laughs> right, you just like forget. I don't care. I'm just gonna yeah. wear them anyways. Yeah. Which um, do you mind if I ask what what when were these released? Were they just released like last year? Is that I'm trying to find the time frame as to when the fire probably, reds. Yeah, there, is that 2020? Um, fire reds release. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, I think it was uh, 2020. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, fire red Jordan four. Yeah, it's 2020. 2020. Yeah. Okay. Let's see, That's and that, that was post pandemic starting as well. The release date was end of 2020, so it was November of 2020 is when they came uh, out. Got it. Got it. Okay. So I know we're wrapping up the conversation here, but I have to ask, um, what is something you guys are looking to get either a new release coming out soon or something you have in mind that you want to pick up, uh, like off stock X or something, <sighs> one or the other or both. Like what, what not coming out that I don't, I don't <laughs> um, I've, I've got, I've got four, um, that are coming out this year that are that are on my radar. Um, the Jordan One Georgetown eighty five cut. I, I don't have any eighty five cut, and I've heard that the leather is like superb compared to the other ones. Um, like higher quality and thicker leather, which is why it's a little bit more than the regular ones. Um, I also want to get the um, Jordan Four infrared, which is probably going to be as close to the breads that that I can get. Uh, and then there's a very, uh, Travis Scotty looking, uh, pair of fours coming out later in the fall. Um, it's like an olive color, uh, look to it. And it looks like a suede instead of a letter leather. So I'm very interested in those because I think it's just mock-ups we're looking at right now. So I'm very interested to see when the actual shoe 
images release. Um, and then there's also a pair of uh, all black Yeezy 350s, the Onyx uh, pair. Um, I, I think that's the last thing I need as far as 350s is, is an all black pair to go with everything else. Then I can kind of relax from trying to get those because mm-hmm. um, I'll have just about everything I need for them and, and be able to move back on to pushing my money off to something else. Mm-hmm. And there's always something on StockX. There's always something on StockX. There's, there's always, always something at StockX that I'm looking at and I'm just like, I don't know if I can, you know, if I can, if I can, because I've done this, I've, I've put in for stuff and I'm guilty of it that I know I'm not going to wear, but I am going to end up using it to either sell it on goat and use the goat credit to buy something that I do want. Or, you know, I, I've used the trade block app one time, um, cause I had a discount code for my first trade, but that, that gets kind of pricey too. So it's like, it's the $50 you end up having to pay on trade block to complete a trade. Um, you know, any better than selling it on goat and then kind of losing out a little bit on the percentage that they take. I, I don't know. It just kind of depends, I guess, you know, if you set, if you get something for two and sell it for five and then buy something for four, you know, I guess you're, <laughs> you're still coming out ahead, but. Mm-hmm. How's you oh, for Ah, uh, dude. Uh, first one that comes to mind is that off white for military blues. Um, that probably uh, I, will I, not happen. There's probably just a rumor. Sorry to be the bubble, the bubble burster there, Ferd, but just like uh, the, Joy, the, the bread pair. They do have a, a pair of fours that are supposed to be coming out with the navy instead of the military blue, uh, and then a pair that's supposed to be um, black instead of the military yeah. blue along with the white. I've seen the black one. I think that was in June, right? I think so. So you're gonna you're gonna yeah. get the black pair, and you're gonna like it. You're not getting the the, the <laughs> off white uh, military blues. That's not happening. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are the the main ones. I I saw the cherry red 11s, and I'm like, uh, no, I'm I'm good with 11s, unless they somehow release the Conquers or the Space Gems. Yeah. To this day, I still don't have a pair. I've got the Jubilees, which is kind of holding me over for now. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I'd get another pair of Elevens unless they drop the 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 Concords again. Mm-hmm. So definitely not interested in the the cherry ones. Like I, I actually got lucky and got the cool gray ones, and then I was like, mm, nope, you know, off to go, yeah. you know, to get something else that I wanted <laughs> out of it. Which I think that's what I used to get the Belugas. Mm-hmm. That's a great trade. <laughs> yeah, I can. I think we're all we all have Belugas. Is that right? So we're all. Same piece. Yeah, beluga. Yeah, we all got the belugas. <laughs> I wore them the other night, and they're just yeah, they're they're super comfy. They're one of my go tos. I also have like the black. I have like the black on black pair. Um, of the cinders. Yeah. 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 Those yeah. Are see, wonderful. Yeah, I, I wear them the with like all my dressy, all my dressy stuff. I can just yeah. Like, yeah. I'm gonna look it's dapper in those onyx yeah. pair if, if I can get some. <laughs> yeah. What about um, you, Nate? Besides the Travis Scott six yeah, Nike pair that you want, that I know yeah. you've been fiending over. Thinking about those ones, I'm definitely looking forward to the infrared fours whenever those release. I know same for I think uh, yeah. pushed to June. Yeah. It looks like it's June now. No, it was pushed to May. It can't be pushed yeah. again. Dad gum it. it says June, <laughs> Nate. June twenty four, twenty twenty two. Oh, stop, yeah. Nate. Oh, I don't believe nice <laughs> nice kicks. Yeah, nice kicks is yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I believe them either, but. They're almost about kicks on fire. Yes, nice kicks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so sometime later this year, the fours, infrared fours for sure. Um, I think I'm done with Yeezys for now because I feel like 
um, I don't, I might see, I kind of want like a cream pair, but, um, uh, that would be the only colorway that I would think about getting like a lighter colorway. Light. Speaking of the light pair, like that's the actual name is the lights. The ones that change colors. It's got that kind of cream colored base. And that's, that's, that's one of the pairs I have and uh, I love them. And they're the resales, not too terrible compared to some of the other ones. So you might want to look into those. And they're three fifties. Uh-huh. Mm, is, it, is it the tail lights? The one with the red strap? Nope. Or orange strap? Mm-hmm. No. 350 lights. Oh, they're literally called oh, 350 light. lights. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. They've got a... I'm on StockX right now. Ooh, yep, that's not bad. It's a mirror. Yeah. They change, <laughs> they change colors, and it's, it's, it's pretty nifty Ooh. when you go outside, and you're like, hey, hey, that's cool, and then you go back inside, and you're like, aw. Aw. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> Lois asks is 391. Um, and then I'm just... Is that CAD? Uh, yeah, Canadian 391. That's really good. For my size too, god damn. Well, you're welcome. Maybe I will have to do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been I've been kind of on like I know uh, we have a little group chat on the side, and I I made mention in there that I was looking at the foam posits. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the Yeezy colorway foam posits. The only problem I have with those is uh, I trust StockX. It says 100% authentic, 100% condition is new. Um, the problem that I have with that is that these have been sitting since 2014, right? Because that's a 2014 release. Yeah. So that's that's, risky. that's my only concern is that it'll it'll probably pass authentication, um, but how much wear life am I going to get out of these mm-hmm. from a pair that's been sitting in a box since 2014? So that's my only concern. It's not cheap, and it's not like. It's not bank breaking, but it's also not cheap. Like I could absolutely get something that I I could get the Travises for the same price, and I know those are going to be like in much better condition because they only released like a couple of years ago. Um, whereas these have been absolutely sitting in someone's basement since 2014. Yeah, so. I think with those older ones, I think that's to me that'd be more of okay. I'm planning on getting these and just displaying them. Which, I mean, is, is crazy when you think about it. But, I mean, there's a ton of people out there that, that do that, that just, you know, don't ever actually put them on. They just put them on display or whatever. Right. But, you know, it's a big risk to spend that kind mm-hmm. of money for, you know, a pair of shoes that's eight years old. And you're like, okay, as soon as I put them on my foot, what's going to happen? Because right. I don't know what the authenticators do as far as quality control checks with stuff like right. that. I mean, it's not like they put it on their foot and see if it falls. Nope, sorry, i got to send these back. Fell, fell apart yeah. on my foot. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let me so, ask yeah, you this: though. Yeah. Would you consider buying it if you knew you had a trusted uh, repairer who could do who could repair those? If a cobbler, a Nike cobbler. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been seeing that a lot lately, where folks have been getting their old like two thousand seven or two thousand six eleven gone repaired with mm-hmm. new soles. Yeah, I think if I had somebody locally that did that, that mm-hmm. was you know reputable and and dealt specifically with sneakers. Although I'm sure there's not much difference between you know the process of replacing a sole on a dress shoe as opposed to replacing a sole on on that. It's going to be just the donor pair and where you're going to get the replacement part from. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> then what's going to be the cost of that? I mean, is it going to be you yeah, know sure. because you got to get a donor pair, right? Where's the donor pair going to come from? You know, <laughs> and then the actual cost of the the person doing the repairs, then all of a sudden you're adding what another twenty percent on to the to the price possibly of what you spent. I, I just don't know if I'd if I'd be willing to do that. Now if it was like an old used pair that that you could get for for very cheap, like under original retail, and then pay somebody to fix them up, mm-hmm. yeah, 
I, I'd consider that, but I wouldn't consider paying a dead stock price and then possibly having to pay somebody to fix them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah that makes me a little bit uneasy um, in terms of committing. A little uneasy. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> I'll see myself out now. <laughs> All right. Episode's over. Um, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, like because I feel like if I do get them and then I end up having to do like the repair or paying someone to to freshen them up again, that's gonna cost me double. Because like the you know like restores aren't cheap, right? Because mm-hmm. like, like Joey said, you got to find someone that has the right materials to restore it with, and like you know, is it worth it? I don't, I don't think so. Um, but who knows? Maybe I'll just buy them anyways. <laughs> you should, you should, or get or get the three fifty so, lights. Yeah. Yeah. Or both the original, yeah, yeah, the red October's. Or <laughs> <laughs> get them both, get them all, get, get them all both. three pairs, <laughs> all three pairs. That's true. Oh, all right. Man. Well, for thank you for joining us this week. It's been honestly, it's been a lot of fun. We love chatting with you. Um, you're a great guy, Fur, despite are, what Clint says about you. Yeah, Clint says a lot of shit about. Oh, yeah, what's he, he saying about correct <laughs> All kinds of stuff. All all kinds of nasty stuff, and we always have to Clint, correct him. I'm coming after you. Yes, yes, yes. I want to see that fight at the next con. <laughs> you would wreck Clint. Clint would Clint would be very just run at him and Clint. spear him, knock him down. <laughs> Hair flies all over the place. Flip flops up in the air. <laughs> He'd probably cry too. I feel like Clint. Would cry. Seems like a crier. See, this is what you get for not being on today, Clint. And probably not going back to listen to the episode either. <laughs> he, probably will. he probably will. He he likes us enough that he'll listen to it. He might, he'll be like, know. he's going to give me shit for not doing the uh, proper intro where we talk about, you know, where you can email us and shit. Uh, which, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, which I'll do at the end here. And then I'll be like. Dorksman at hotmail.com. <laughs> emphasis on the mail. Make sure you spell that correctly. No, emphasis on the hot. <laughs> Hot like, oh, yeah. M A L E hot mail. That's enough of that. Um, <laughs> Ferd, where can we find you on Twitter or Instagram or any other socials? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Islander671. Uh, letters, the letter L is the number seven. Is seven Anders671. <laughs> yeah, is yeah. seven Anders671. Is seven Anders671? Is seven Anders671? You have to kind of say it with like the little emphasis at yeah. the end, like it's a question. <laughs> you got to add a question mark to the end. Yes. But like... don't add it like for real, but you won't find him if you yeah, add a question mark. <laughs> it's like, a, oh, really? like Anchorman where he's like... Like, yes, I'm exactly. Ron Burgundy. Yes. He's like, I'm Islander 671. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, it was an honor, though. Oh, dude, anytime, man. We'd love to have you back. Even if we want to talk about something other than shoes, I know we've had you on for two shoe episodes already. Um, if you got any other topics you want to talk about, you know, like raising kids or, you know, like stuff that I have nothing, no idea. Or flip flops. Yeah, if you want to talk about flip flops, we can talk about that. If you want to just shit talk Clint for a whole episode, we could do a six part. Yes. Six part, five hour. Yes. A week episode. Like, like our version of the last dance. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. There we go. We could let's do it. Let's let's pencil that in. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll get a we'll get a we'll get a shit talk Clint series going. Oh, dude, we could have so many guests on too. There'd oh be like a God, line. We We'd have to have yeah. a lottery to decide who would get to come on as a guest. Oh, Reese would be number one. And then I think, we could have Reese and Kelly on for sure. 
Um, and then work her way through the. Oh, other and his podcasts. mom, Clint's mom, yeah, Clint's definitely mom. would want to come on and talk. Trash I think too. Ava, Ava would be great. Uh, we get, we get <laughs> oh, his daughter sure. on. Yeah. Um, Daddy's a doo doo head. Yeah. Oh, just for a whole hour of just her telling us like, <laughs> oh, that'd oh, be man. so good. That'd be great. <laughs> that would be a good time. Um, but yeah, for real, uh, for whenever, whenever you want to be back, whenever you have a topic you want to talk about. Uh, of course, reach out to us. We do talk. We do talk to you quite frequently, so it's not like you're a stranger to us or anything at all. Stranger um, danger. Stranger danger. <laughs> what did did MC pop into the chat or something? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Hi Joe. Um, hi Joe. Kids. Seriously, not your wife though. That's that's fine. Just hide your kids. <laughs> um, but yes, before I forget, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. The underscore dorksman. Uh, you can always email us at dorksman at gmail.com. Uh, I don't know if Clint's playing anything on Tuesday night, uh, but if he is, it will be posted on our Twitter. Uh, so make sure to be following there. Or you can follow Clint at, at Collector Clint, where he will uh, share whatever he's up to on Tuesday nights. Uh, usually some sort of Switch game with him and Phil, but, you know, we don't know because Clint's not here because he's a doo-doo head, uh, as Ava yep. says. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, what else, what else, what else? Oh, Cross the Streams um, Media, that's a thing. Yes, Make sure you're following Across the Streams Media as well. That's at CTS Media on Twitter and CrossTheStreamsMedia.com. Uh, new episode goes live Monday. That's where you can hear this. You would have already been hearing it if you are listening to it there. So I don't know why I say that. I don't know, um, but you did. Yeah, but I did. What did we have last week? Was it? We weren't. We didn't record last week. The week before, we had Trevor on, right? Yep, that's, that's yeah. another week you were out. Yeah. We had Trevor on talking about the Super Bowl halftime show and the commercials and how much of a doo-doo head you were, Nate. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So go back and listen to that. Uh, if you don't know where Trevor's from, Trevor's from the Secondary Heroes. They are also part of CTS Media. Um, tons and tons of podcasts on there, so make sure you check that out. Um, uh, as well as the Toy Rewind podcast yes. with Andrew Newland and the Brothers Newland, the Brothers who Newland. are responsible for our bingo thing, and also Larry from the STS guys. He's got a podcast as well. That's a thing. Okay, I think we nailed everything. Clint's not going to yell at us now. Yeah, I'm sure we still missed something. I'm sure we did miss something. <sighs> Guys, you forgot to give thanks to the people of indiana i don't know he's gonna come up with something that we that we left out the people of indiana yeah go hoosiers go hoosiers go hoosiers hosers 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 posers anyways let's wrap it up thank you again for listening this week um we'll be back next week probably who knows thank you again ferd thank you guys and that's my secret. I'm always angry and taking L's on sneaker apps. Got him? <laughs> Still got an L. This has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.